Hey, welcome to the podcast for Gospel Community Church in Providence, Rhode Island. We are the family of God, redeemed and transformed by Jesus, called to live on mission with one another. The content you are about to listen to is designed and created specifically with our church family in mind, and our hope is that you are blessed and challenged as you listen to it. May it point you to Jesus, challenge you to draw into a faith family, and help you live out the mission of God in your own context. If you find this content helpful, would you consider joining us in the work God is doing here? You can do so by giving financially to help keep the work going, praying for us regularly, or even joining us in our daily and weekly rhythms here in Providence. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. All right, Shabbat Shalom, church. Uh, We are in week two of our spiritual practices series, uh, which is kind of tagging on to our Walk by the Spirit uh, series. And you guessed it, this week we are going to be looking at the spiritual practice of Sabbath, Sabbath rest, some people call it. Um, So actually to introduce this idea of Sabbath, I don't know how familiar you are with it. This term is kind of like one of those loaded ones in our culture. Like we know that it's a part of the Ten Commandments, like you must observe the Sabbath. And it's kind of been used in our culture to talk about Sundays and going to church on Sunday. But I think um, Adele Calhoun, uh, we've referenced her writings a couple times already in spiritual practices. Um, She does a really good job at just giving a brief overview of what the Sabbath is, what it has been in the past. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and actually just read a couple paragraphs from uh, this book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun, and she gives a little overview. So this is what she says. The fourth commandment reads, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. She's reading that from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 10. She goes on to say, The Jewish understanding of Sabbath embraced a special 24-hour rest time that was different from every other day. God's stop day reminded them that they were no longer slaves that could never stop. They had been freed from Pharaoh's rule, and the God that ruled them was a restful God, a God who delighted in all creation for work and rest. Sabbath reminded people that they were finite. They could not constantly be on the go. There were limits to their energy And to honor these limitations was to honor the infinite God who himself worked and rested. Jewish Sabbath began in the evening when the family set aside all the to-dos of the work week. And as the lamps were lit, everyone settled into the evening calm of Shabbat. Candles, prayers, blessings, food, it all represented delight and refreshment in the presence of God and each other. When bedtime came, the family rested in God's covenant protection. They, they woke on Sabbath morning to a world they didn't make and a friendship with God that they didn't earn. Over time, this one intentional day for delight and refreshment turned into a sobering legalistic exercise. Enjoying God and others was replaced by keeping Sabbath rules. 
The day God had given them as a respite from work became simply another kind of work. Jesus took specific aim at this misunderstanding of the Sabbath. As the Lord of the Sabbath, he freely interpreted the Sabbath command, claiming that God gave it to people as a restorative and recuperative gift. God did not intend for life to be all effort, so he punctuated each week with 24 hours of Sabbath rest, during which people could remember what life is all about and who it is for. That's a mouthful, but I think she did a really good job at concisely explaining uh, what the Sabbath has been, how it was instituted by God for the Israelites as a way of remembering that they needed to stop, that they needed to rest. Think about the culture that we live in, okay? American culture is one thing, and then there's New England culture. The pace that we live at is incredibly fast. Like, people widely know drivers from New England as the most aggressive drivers because we're always in such a rush to get to wherever we're going. Like, usually if someone's being not great on the road, you can look and it probably says Massachusetts, Rhode Island, or Connecticut. Maybe New York or New Jersey. But we live incredibly fast-paced. And the mantra of our culture is to work, 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 work. To quote the beautiful song, right? Work, work, work. Um... There's always something going on, whether it is uh, tending to our families, our jobs, even our church can be something that creates busyness. But when we look at the pattern that God put in place, even as he created, the pattern was to work and to rest. You look at the life of Jesus himself and you see an incredibly slow pace. Jesus was never in a hurry. That doesn't mean he didn't do a ton, but it means the pace that he was going at was always without hurry. And this idea of Sabbath, you see Jesus practicing a regular Sabbath. You know, he was Jewish, so this was built into the culture that he lived in, but he also was reshaping it. He was getting to the heart of what the Sabbath was for. Mark, 20, Mark 2, verse 27, Jesus says this about the Sabbath. This is in the NLT version. I love how the NLT says this. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Taking a Sabbath is a gift to us. Stopping and pausing, right? But how are we actually going to implement this idea of Sabbath rest, this idea of pausing for 24 hours? Pete Scazzaro gives this great definition, and we're going to use this as uh, our base to work with as we try and implement this practice of Sabbath, specifically this week. Pete Scazzaro says this, Biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. So we're going to work through those four pieces to stop work. And what this means is both paid and unpaid work. It's taking one day out of the week, a full 24-hour period, where you stop from all work that is paid and unpaid. Now, 
everyone's jobs look differently, so this is going to look different for everyone. Um, but again, it's about the posture of our heart. Um, some of us, I've had this conversation with some people, some of us genuinely enjoy doing the dishes, and some of us genuinely enjoy mowing the lawn. I would say that's not something you would stop on your Sabbath day. If that gives you rest, if you enjoy that thing, then go and do that. But what's the posture of your heart as you engage in that thing? Is it because there's no other time in the week that you can mow the lawn? Then I would consider maybe don't do it on the Sabbath that you take this week. But posture your heart so that you aren't in a hurry to get things done that you wouldn't have any other time to do. You have to use honest discernment and put boundaries in place that will guard you, okay? Personally, for me and Amber, this looks like us putting our phone and our computer away for an entire day and not doing house chores or doing things like paying bills on our Sabbath, on our weekly Sabbath. Because my phone is so closely connected to my work. Anyone can text me at any moment. So for a short period of time, we'll put that away. I might check it once or twice, just in case there's anything absolutely urgent. But other than that, it's away. So that is the first thing, is to stop work. The second thing is to enjoy rest on Sabbath. This may look like going to bed early instead of looking at emails or watching Netflix at night. Let your body tell you when you're tired and then when you are, go to sleep. Um, if, you, if you're able, maybe on your 24-hour Sabbath, don't set an alarm. I know your kids will probably wake you up anyway if you've got children, but if you're able to, don't set an alarm and, and just use that time to get a little bit of extra rest. Um, what can rest look like on your Sabbath? If it's possible, take a nap. Um, we live in Rhode Island, it's a vacation town. Rest could look like taking a drive to the beach and going to sit by the ocean for a little bit. I mean, we live in a vacation state. Take advantage of that on your Sabbath. Um, and one more note, you may or may not want to invite people to be around you on your Sabbath. Everyone knows their personalities. And there may be some people that you can feel like you're being restful around. Feel free to invite those people into your spaces on the Sabbath, but if it's going to be more stressful and not restful for you on that day of the week, maybe don't invite people over. The third thing is to practice delight on your Sabbath. And this is all about engaging our senses for the glory of God, okay? Maybe it looks like going on a hike to be in God's creation, to just acknowledge how the beauty and wonder of his creation. Maybe it looks like making a meal that helps you reflect on all the variations of taste that God gave us. But again, even as you practice delight, I would think of these things, you're experiencing or engaging things that you naturally enjoy that will give you a thankful heart towards God. Plan to do those things on your Sabbath. For us, for Amber and I, this might look like me taking a long bike ride. That's something that's extremely uh, 
enjoyable to me and I can be out in creation. I can spend time praying, connecting with God. Amber, she likes to read a book. Maybe that it's not something she normally has time to do, but she her, it engages her imagination and she can enjoy God in that way by reading a good novel. Or maybe we'll just take Madeline out for a drive just to see a beautiful scenery. But that's one way that we like to practice delighting in God. And the fourth thing on Sabbath is use this time to contemplate, to contemplate on God. So all those other steps, right? Resting and stopping from work and practicing delight. The point of those three things is that we, in all of them, we want to contemplate who God is. This is the step that sets Sabbath apart from just plain hedonism or even just taking a regular day off. Like what's the difference between just having a day off and practicing a Sabbath? It's using that space to contemplate and be intentional about your relationship with God. Everything that we're doing on Sabbath, we're partaking in in a way that will remember that God is in the midst of us. Remember that on our Sabbath, we're not taking a break from our relationship with God just to veg, but rather we are engaging with God through his good gifts as a way to be refreshed by him. So in our guide this week, we're going to kind of flesh out and give you some tools on how to implement this practice. And I really hope that you will implement this practice and that it will be really meaningful for you. Um, it's been so refreshing for Amber and I as we've been practicing it for the past five or six years. Honestly, life changing uh, and just we look forward to it every week. So I hope you'll take this to heart and, uh, and, and do this this week.